Hi, this is Charlotte Stewart, and I'm on next on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Welcome back to another edition of On Screen and Beyond. This is episode 412. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak, and this is the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, and music industry. This week, Charlotte Stewart's going to be joining us. She was Miss Beetle, the school marm on Little House on the Prairie. She was Mary X in Eraserhead, the cult classic film. And she was Betty Briggs in Twin Peaks, the original, and in Showtime's 2017 remake that's coming up for next year. So get ready for that. And she has a new book out called Little House in the Hollywood Hills, A Bad Girl's Guide to Miss Beetle, Mary X, and Me. It comes out on June 1st, and... We're going to be talking with her, and she's going to let us in on a lot of stuff. She's a great guest. She's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond. But this, of course, is our episode where we look at what's coming your way in theaters and on Blu-ray and DVD in the coming month, in June. So let's get right into it. It's time for Remake Madness, coming your way in June in theaters, right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake Madness as far as what's coming your way in theaters in June. Well, not not a whole lot. Video game that's going to the big screen is Warcraft. That's going to be hitting uh, theaters on June 10th. So get ready for that. And that's it. There's not really any remakes as such coming our way. But uh, I'm sure we're going to be having a lot more coming up. So stick around. We'll be giving you more information as we hear. But coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. New movies in theaters in June. Well, Me Before You comes our way on June 3rd as a girl taking care of a recently paralyzed man forms an unlikely bond and uh, it's in a small town. And on June 3rd, also, it's going to bring us Pop Star, Never Stop, Never Stopping. The comedy follows uh, an eccentric rapper as he finds that his popularity is failing. And that happens a lot. <laughs> and on June 10th, Colin Firth, Nicole Kidman, and Jude Law star in Genius. In Central Intelligence with Dwayne Johnson, that guy is busy, he's been doing a lot of stuff, and Kevin Hart arrives on June 17th, and Matthew McConaughey stars in a Civil War epic called the Free State of Jones, and that's coming our way on June 24th. June 29th, Blake Lively comes up with a film, and she plays mind games with a great white shark in the shallows. And that's it for upcoming new movies coming our way in theaters in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as sequels in June in theaters? Right here on On Screen and Beyond. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sequel City, well, as far as sequels coming your way in theaters in June, it looks like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Out of the Shadows comes our way on June 3rd. And The Conjuring 2 scares us on June 10th. Now You See Me 2 also arrives on June 10th. Finding Dory continues the story of the Finding Nemo character. And that comes our way on June 17th. And Independence Day Resurgence invades theaters on June 24th. That's it for Sequel City. Coming your way in June in theaters. And next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as TV on DVD? TV on DVD, well, there's all kinds of things. June 1st, Survivor, Season 24, One World, and Season 25, Philippines. June 7th, Look for Duck Dynasty, Season 9, Quantum Leap, Season 1 and Season 2, and Rizzoli and Isles, Season 6. And it looks like Roots, the original one, will be coming your way on Blu-ray in a 40th edition. 40th anniversary edition and vinyl season one will be coming your way on june 7th june 14th back to the future season one and it looks like ballers season one will be coming away along with dark shadows the 50th anniversary collector's edition and star trek the complete series epic pack blu-ray and star trek next generation complete series epic pack and let's see, X-Files, the complete series, will also be coming your way. That's all on June 14th. June 24th, look for The Monkees. Hey, hey, hey. And it's the complete series, and that's coming your way on Blu-ray. And on June 28th, two guys and a girl, the complete series. That's it for TV on DVD coming your way in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD in June. Movies on DVD coming your way in June. On June 7th, it looks like, uh, let's see, 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi, Hail Caesar with George Clooney, and Zootopia with Jason Bateman doing a voice there. On June 14th, 10 Cloverfield with John Goodman, Eddie the Eagle with Hugh Jackman, Hello, my name is Doris with Sally Fields, and London Has Fallen with Gerard Butler. June 21st, you can look for The Brothers Grimsby with Sasha Baron Cohen and The Forest, along with My Big Fat Greek Wedding 2. And on June 28th, Eye in the Sky with Helen Mirren will be coming our way, along with Kung Fu Panda 3 with Jack Black doing a voice and Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with Tina Fey. That's it for Movies on DVD coming your way in June. Next on On Screen and Beyond, let's take a peek at what's coming your way as far as TV and entertainment time. 
TV and Entertainment Time. Well, the Stephen King book, Mr. Mercedes, is going to be heading to become a TV series in 2018. And CBS has canceled Limitless. That's right. No season two will be coming our way. That's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen to be on, it's Celebrated Birthdays. <laughs> Celebrity birthdays. On June 1st, Morgan Freeman turns 79 years old. And Heidi Klum, 43. June 2nd, Dana Carvey turns 61. And Jerry Mathers, the beaver, turns 68. June 4th, Angelina Jolie turns 41. And past guests at On Screen and Beyond, Keith David turns 60. And on June 5th, Mark Wahlberg turns 45. That's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, we didn't have any come in this week. But uh, if you have a friend or yourself is having a birthday, a friend, a relative, or whatever, send it to me at feedback at onscreentobeyond.com, and we'll all wish you a very happy birthday. Just send me the information. And that's it. Happy birthday to all those celebrities. And coming up next on On Screen to Beyond, Charlotte Stewart. We all loved her as Miss Beetle. She was the school teacher on Little House on the Prairie, or you might know her from uh, her role as Mary X on the cult classic Eraserhead, or Betty Briggs from Twin Peaks, the original and the new Showtime one that's going to be coming out in 2017. A lot of great stuff she's got coming your way and from the past. She's got a new book out, Little House in the Hollywood Hills, A Bad Girl's Guide to Miss Beetle. Mary X and me, Charlotte Stewart. She's got an interesting life. She's going to tell us all about it right here on On Screen and Beyond. Our guest today on On Screen and Beyond is an actress we all know as Miss Beetle, the school teacher on the classic TV show Little House on the Prairie. She also is known for her roles as Betty Briggs on Twin Peaks and Mary X in Eraserhead. And on June 1st, she has a new book coming out called Little House in the Hollywood Hills, A Bad Girl's Guide to Becoming Miss Beetle, Mary X, and me. It's Charlotte Stewart. Charlotte, welcome to On Screen and Beyond. Thank you, Brian. It's nice to be here. Hi, everybody. Now, Charlotte, I'm always interested in the, the names of new books that are coming out. And, <laughs> you know, first off, when I read, you know, the, the, the news information about the book coming out, uh, all I, all I, the first thing I thought was, oh, no, not Miss Beetle. <laughs> <laughs> here I am, alive and well. <laughs> but uh, for, let's start off. Tell us a little bit about the title of the book. How did you come about that one? Well, it got your attention, didn't it? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me see. Um, you know, I, I wasn't just an actress, you know, in, in Hollywood. I, I had a life. And, um, you know, it led me in some strange places. I, I had a, I, I've had an incredible life. I, I, I say that I'm just one of the luckiest women alive. 
um, places that it led me sometimes were wondrous and sometimes scary. Because, I, you know, I got a little off track in the middle of that. You know, I, I, I had a good career. I was working a lot. And then, as you probably know, you know, when, a, when an actress, you know, gets close to 40, it all kind of slows down. Mm-hmm. And I, I had had a really good run on Little House on the Prairie. I was on it for four years. Great show. Great people to work with. And then it ended. Uh, it ended as it was supposed to because um, in the books, Little House on the Prairie, um, Laura Ingalls has to meet Almanzo Wilder, therefore become Laura Ingalls Wilder. And his sister became a school teacher in Walnut Grove. So it was, you know, preordained that Miss mm-hmm. Beetle would, you know, go on her way and, and the and Miss Wilder would take over her job. So at the end of four years, you know, it, it, it was hard leaving the show. I, I felt, you know, kind of abandoned. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I was making good money and still making good money because, as you know, the show went into residuals and paid very well. So I was... Um, making a lot of money and not having a whole lot to do. So I, I married my second husband, who was a magician, oh. and I jokingly say, yes, he made all my money just spare. <laughs> that wasn't the case. What happened was I had hired a business manager who was more into cocaine than managing my money. Wow. And I'm not saying I wasn't into it, too. Mm-hmm. You know, it was the mid-'70s. It was happening a lot Angeles, and I'm sure all over the world, um, cocaine became very popular, and, you know, I was in there, too. And I really, I got a little off track, and before I knew it, I had lost my house, all my earnings, all my investments, and I had I had moved to San Francisco to be closer to my family, because I was, you know, I, I was in trouble. And when I came back to Los Angeles, it was all gone. And I just hit bottom in a, in a very bad way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank God my family came through and my friends, and I went into a treatment program in Century City in, in Los Angeles in 1984 and got sober. Wow. But uh, I was in a bad way for a while. Hmm. And so, I'm sure there's going to be people out there who read that in my book and say, wow, you know, maybe I can recover too. Right, exactly, yeah. Jeez. So this all happened after you left the show? Yes, after Little House on the Prairie, yeah. Hmm. I was I was not working, and I, I worked a little bit, but not very much. Wow. And um, it was a hard time. Yeah, yeah. So, but it was all my fault. It was my own fault. Yeah, I yeah. should have paid attention, mm-hmm. and I trusted, and uh, I should have I should have known better. And if, and friends tried to tell me what was going on, and I didn't believe them. Yeah. So. You know, and it was I, I wasn't the only one. Quite a few of my friends who I had, you know, brought to this business manager were hurt too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, so none of this happened before, in you know, like in the the seven, you know, when you when you knew Jim Morrison of the Doors. No, <laughs> I, I met Jim yeah before I was ever on Little House in the Prairie, and that was actually that was a good time. I <laughs> I, I wasn't in trouble then. I was working all the time on other television shows. I was mm-hmm. doing, you know, FBI and Gunsmoke and Bonanza and Mannix and right. Medical Center. I you, you go look on IMDb and see how much I worked, you know, during that time. Oh, yeah, I, and, I did. 
Yeah, well, you can see I did a lot of work there. Yes. And um, when I say Jim Morrison had nothing to do with a bad time, he was a good friend, and we had a lot of fun together. Um, you know, I was I was in great shape then. Yeah. What? Well, well, Happy and you know. Yeah. How could I not be happy? I had my own clothing store then. It was very popular with the rock and roll team. We did tie dye and and uh, we patched jeans. Remember when you patched jeans oh, yes. were all the rage? <laughs> yes. Well, that's what we did. You know, guys didn't patch their own jeans. Or either the girlfriend did it, or you took them to the liquid butterfly, and the, the girls that worked there patched their jeans. Wow. We were we were very popular, even written up in, in Time magazine yeah. under you know trends or whatever. That column is called. Yeah. So how did you get to meet Jim Morrison? Um, I came in uh, to work one day, and he was in my store. Wow. <laughs> I had a, kind of an open-door policy because the building it was in was uh, management for a lot of uh, rock and roll. You know, Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and Jackson Brown and Devo, and people were in and out. Filmmakers had the, the office next to mine, and they were doing tour movies and it was really a fun place to be, and Jim had an office in the back. I didn't even know that, and when I walked in, I didn't even know who he was. I mean, I later on, I recognized him, but he didn't look anything like, you know, the Lizard King that I <laughs> had seen pictures of. I'd never seen him sing. I'd never been to a concert or a nightclub, you know, to see him. Yeah. And he was this guy hanging out in my store. He was... Uh, looking out the window at Electra Records, which was across the street, kind of, I don't know, there was some event going on, and I thought maybe he was a, a FBI agent <laughs> in, in disguise because he had this big beard and long hair and was kind of a little bit on the heavy side. This was, you know, just shortly before he died. Yeah. Um, when he died in Paris. This was about, I don't know, six months or so before that. And um, we just he came, liked to hang out in my store. And then we'd go down the street, we'd have drinks, you know, or go eat something and, and just talk or hang out. Wow. And then one day he said, you know, I'm, I, I want to go out of town. I want to I take a drive. You want to go? And I said, sure. So we jumped in his car and took off up the coast on Highway 1. And he told me about being in Florida and being arrested for indecent exposure. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and he was facing a trial and possibly three years in jail. And he was being hounded. And all he wanted to do was just get away, shoot some pool, have some drinks. You know, yeah. I called it friends with benefits. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there was no there was no love affair or any kind of future in it. I knew that. I didn't want anything from him. And he knew it. Yeah. And so I was safe. And um, and then when we got back, I never saw him again. Mm. Left for France, and and that was it. Yeah. What do you think Very about the, the whole thing about people saying he was, you know, not really dead and all that sort of stuff? Did, did, oh, I think it's bullshit. Yeah. 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 No, he had, a, he had an enlarged heart. He had a romantic fever as a kid. And, you know, if you saw him, especially when he was drinking, it, he had that bright red face, you know, deep mm -hmm. red, yeah. like high blood pressure. Yeah. So I, I think that contributed to his death. Um, he, he didn't do drugs. I never did drugs with him. Uh, you know, didn't do cocaine or smoke grass or anything. We just, we drank. Yeah. You know? <laughs> just like civilized people. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> now, uh, no, I think he probably died of a heart attack. Yeah, something close. So, th- I mean, there's one rock icon that that you you, you knew, uh, and, and you also appeared in a movie with uh, another really huge icon in rock and roll, uh, Elvis Presley, right? I did. I I was uh, in Speedway. Uh, it was a silly movie. It was in the, in the mid '60s and. Mm-hmm. Even she said, you know, I do these movies. I don't even read the story. I, I sing a song. I forget it. I never hear of it again. I get the, you know, I always get the best car and the girl. Yeah. <laughs> kind of laughed about it. But, you know, we, we spent an afternoon talking about his mom. And um, he was very sweet. He was a perfect gentleman. So sweet. And I enjoyed that. And then, of course, I worked with Neil Young in Human Highway, which he wrote and directed. Um that was about 25 years ago, and it's being re-released. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, because I saw that in the, the press release. Oh, you've got to see this movie. I think you can get it on YouTube. Oh, really? Or yeah. it's, it's going to be re-released. They, they released it again in 400 theaters about two months ago. And then we had a big Q&A with uh, director Cameron Crowe. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of fun. It was good. Wow. They like the movie. It's a, it's a nuclear... Uh, it's it's the last day on Earth, and uh, Devo plays the nuclear garbage collectors, and Neil plays Lionel Switch, the local garage mechanic, and Dennis Hopper is the fry cook, and Russ Camblin, and you know, it's a great cast. Wow, <laughs> it's one of those little <laughs> little gems that you you know you you find after a long time of being out that it, that it's out there and it's. Yeah, well, it was out originally, and then it got Neil pulled it because he he wasn't happy with it. He, he kind of kept it under wraps for quite a while, but it's a favorite of his. He really loves it, and um, you know he got he pulled it out again and started tinkering with it, cut a lot of it out, and, uh, and now it's in great shape. I think you'd enjoy it. Get yeah. a chance. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> Looking over the stuff you've done and, and, and all the things we could talk about in your book and everything, it, it, I mean, we could do days of an interview here. But, <laughs> but, but um, Twin Peaks, another another huge cult show that, that you were in, and now they're mm-hmm. doing a reboot of it, right? And uh, Can yes, you tell us? Yes, they finished it. It's, it's done. I've already done my part. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, we had the cast party a week ago Saturday in L.A., can you can you tell us anything about? I know you you probably can't tell us what it's about. I, I don't know anything about it. They didn't give me a script. Oh really? I, I had my my scenes, and that was all. And you know, they flew me up to North Bend, Washington, to shoot. And then when I was done, they blew me out of there. And <laughs> um, so I can't tell you anything about the story, even if I wanted to, I couldn't. Right? Yeah, yeah. So how did it feel being back on the set with? You know, David Lynch. Oh, it was great. It was really fun. It was good to see everybody. Um, a lot of the same uh, crew members were there. Um, and, of course, David Lynch and, and Mark Frost. Um, it was great to see them. David was in fine shape. It was a very happy set. Hmm. It was a very, you know, joyful place to be. And everybody was happy. You know, there was uh, not the usual tension that you find around, you know, a set, especially with the money that Showtime was pouring into that. Um, you know, everything was just really relaxed and good to see everybody. And then same thing last weekend. We all showed up at a bar in the San Fernando Valley called the Federal Bar. 
and, um, you know, Dana Ashbrook, who played my son in the original. And I'm sure you know who's in it because it was all posted on, on online. Right, on, yeah. I don't know if it's Facebook or just the Internet, um, who was in it and, and who was new. So I, I have no secrets there. Right, yeah. Read it yourself. Yeah, and it's coming out on Showtime in 2017, correct? Correct, but I don't know when. Yeah, yeah, I haven't heard anything <laughs> about the, the, the exact time, but I know it says 2017. So. I'm sure there will be trumpets blaring. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, here you are working with David Lynch again. Um, mm-hmm. Did you get the first job uh, on Twin Peaks because you had worked with him on Eraserhead? Correct, yes. He, he didn't audition me. He just told me that I had a part in it. I said, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're not going to argue with that one, right? <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> now, uh, but I did think I, I did have something to do with creating my character. You know, David doesn't tell you a whole lot about who you are, what kind of person you are, or anything. But I did, um, and I've said this before in, in, in interviews, it's not new, and it's in my book, too. I, I went into uh, the office, I asked Mark Frost and David Lynch, if, if they had a minute to talk, and they said, sure. And I said, let me, I just need this to go on. And tell me if I'm wrong. Major Briggs is military. Betty is Catholic. And Bobby is screwed. <laughs> he said, yeah, that's about the way it is. <laughs> now, do you so. prefer working in an atmosphere like that where the, the director doesn't tell you too much or the writer or anything? They don't tell you too much about the character and you get to develop it yourself? I think it's more fun, you know. Obviously, if it's a plot device, they have to tell you. Right, yeah. You know, to lead you in a certain way. But, you know, I'd worked with him on Eraserhead, and, and you know, I followed directly everything he told me to do. And sometimes it was just a physical movement, you know, something mm-hmm. to do, um, you know, pick up something or handle something a certain way. He, he's very visual. And I, I often say to people, David paints films more than he directs films. Hmm. You know, he does it like a painting. Yeah. Different colors and, and moods. In fact, the first time I saw Rachel, it was at AFI, American Film Institute, and he said, he called me up after, he said, well, Char, what you think? I said, David, it's like a toothache. It hurts so bad. <laughs> he said, swell! <laughs> <laughs> thought that was wonderful. Yeah. Now, when you were making that film, did, did, did you have any any inclination that it would become a cult classic? Oh, absolutely not. I didn't think he'd ever make it in the business. Really? <laughs> no, really. I thought he was too slow, too naive, that, you know, he didn't have a grasp on what it takes to to make a film. I mean, I enjoyed doing it. I did a lot of student films, and I always will. But I thought this guy is not going to make it. He's he just doesn't. If you he moved too slow, hmm. you can't do that in film. You can't, you know, just take so much time. But I I didn't get how he was working, and of course he was doing everything himself. He didn't have a crew. He had a, a cameraman and a sound guy, and that's it. Wow. <laughs> and so he he you know he had to to make everything he. He built a set within a room, as walls within walls, so that the vision, the visual, was changed. 
You know, he yeah. did. He, he made a hallway within a hallway to make it look like it was really, really, really long. And he was very clever that way. Huh. And uh, but I, I was as shocked as anybody when it won the film, the, the, the film or whatever it was he won. And mm-hmm. you know, yeah, now, I was very pleased. But when you know. you, you say he had, he was working pretty much alone. I mean, a pretty you know, yeah. Actually, now did that was that a long shoot when they did that film? Because of that? I thought it would take four or five days. It took four years. Wow. <laughs> I was on that film almost four years. Wow. Not every day, of course. No, no. I was, yeah. doing little, I was doing the Waltons and Little House on the Prairie at the same time, and he'd call me and say, well, we've got to shoot blank and blank and blank scene. And I'd say, okay, so we, we wouldn't start shooting until after midnight. Hmm. And, and I'd wrap it, you know, five or six in the morning. And I know one night I... I worked all night, and then I showed up at the Waltons to do a, a show there, a, a scene with them, and I was a complete blithering idiot. You know, I was like, oh, my God, I can't remember my lines. It was just awful, but I got to it. You know? Wow. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know how you could how you could do that, <laughs> go all night long like that. And I know. Well, it didn't, no, it's not like it happened every day. Right, yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, he was... He had run out of film. Uh, the Film Institute had stopped supporting him. He, his uh, sister-in-law was Sissy Spacek, and she provi- she bought the film for him. And that's why we had to show up at midnight, because we were scamming it at, AF- at the American Film Institute by arriving after midnight, leaving before dawn. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even know we were there. Jeez. <laughs> so, it was a conspiracy. which made it all the more fun right yeah now we mentioned about rock icons that you knew uh Mm -hmm. but movie stars uh some i mean i mean huge ones that you've worked with for example jimmy stewart and henry fonda wow what were they like my socks off and henry fonda in the same movie right yeah i mean i didn't have a big part it was uh a small part, but still, you know, I'm, you're on the set. That's right. <laughs> all day, and he would uh, he would sit on his the steps of his dressing room, which was actually on the stage, and play the accordion. Really? Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, it was very sweet. Huh. So we, and Gene Kelly directed it. Yeah, I was I was going to mention that too. Yeah, I danced with Gene Kelly. I mean, it was only, we were, he asked me to go with, he and a bunch of people from the show out to lunch. It was across the street. And so we were just walking a block and we're walking down the middle of a dead end street. And I said, because I had taken dance at the Pasadena Playhouse when I was, you know, a student there. And I said, do you, can you do the scissor step with me? And he looked at me and he said, sure. <laughs> so we did this. It's called the scissor step down, down Formosa Avenue. So I can say I danced with Gene Kelly. Wow, <laughs> that's, that, that's quite a thing. I mean, you know, I mean, like I say, you know, Gene Kelly, Jimmy Stewart, uh, were were they nice to work with? Oh God, yes, they're professionals. They were so nice. Mm-hmm. Every, you know, it was, they're, they're pros. Yeah, there's no, you know, egos involved or anything. They're just nice guys doing a job. And they always did it well. Yeah, and they just seem to be such class acts. I don't know. I know. They are. They were. Yeah. And, of course, the set was filled with classic character actors. 
Yes. I mean, if you, if, if you get a chance to see Cheyenne Social Club, look at the bar. It's, uh, there were no women in there. I was the only woman. I played May the Waitress. And it's all men, and they're all classic character actors. So it was fun to be around them. Mm-hmm. You must have been thrilled in that, to be in that oh film. Oh, my God, I was. I was. Mm-hmm. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Now, writing a book like this, I mean, I mean, I don't know, but it seems like you didn't hold too much back. <laughs> Everything is, is out there, I, I believe, right? Well, you know what? I, I was very smart, but I didn't I didn't realize it at the time. I kept um, appointment books all through my career. I have every I have written down every commercial, every TV show, every every audition that I've ever done in these appointment books. So Andy Dembski, who wrote it with me, and I could go through at any given time and tell you exactly where I was, who I was with, wow. what I auditioned auditioned for that day, who I had dinner with. Hmm. So, you know, I, I created quite a background. Andy was, I was just telling him stories in the beginning, you know. Yeah. Hey, one time I did this, one time I did that. And then I realized I had a trunk full of these books. Hmm. So it, it made the job really um, not only easier but accurate. Right, yeah. I mean, you just but look back, and you, and and did, well, now, did you ever look back at some of the things and say, "I had forgotten about that," but then oh, it you know, sparked you? Absolutely. There's some things in there that I have no memory of at all. Absolutely no memory. In fact, I was watching. Somebody sent me on the internet an episode of Macmillan and Wife. Remember that with yes. Rock Hudson? Yeah. Who's in St. James? Mm-hmm. I did an episode of that. I remember meeting Rock Hudson because I was knocked out of my socks. I'm sure. <laughs> but I don't recall one thing. I watched this TV show, and I thought, I don't remember this at all. Wow. I know I did it. Yeah, yeah. But the scenes were, like, completely foreign. Hmm. Yeah. You know, I don't know. It's just because I'm, I'm old now, and I maybe I've forgotten enough stuff to make room for all the new, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, <laughs> the thing is, I mean, I, not just you, but all the actors I speak with, um, you do so many roles over your lifetime. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no way you could you could remember everything and and then wow. a, a, you'll get a fan that comes up to you and says oh do you remember when you did this in the, on this show and it, i can't imagine you know some, i'm sure there's some times when you just sort of i, I guess I, so. had a loss. I mean i know i did over 50 episodes of little house on the prairie but i i i know that i've forgotten at least half of them mm-hmm. yeah no I, I i'll watch it I'll, I'll turn it on one day and i'll see myself you know sitting in the schoolroom or in the church or doing something, I'll think, wow, I wonder what that was about. Because I just can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's uh, But, you know, to be honest, I thought you were in more episodes than 50. No, I was only on for four years. Yeah, because, I mean, it just seems like tw- you're just part of the show. Six episodes uh, in a season, and I did 14 of those each year. So 
48 episodes is what I was guaranteed. Yeah. So it's close to 50. Mm-hmm. I'll fudge a little and say I did 50. Yeah, yeah, it's easier. <laughs> 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 but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just, I mean, you're so much part of that show. I, I can't imagine it being Little House without you. I mean, you know. Oh, thank you. Did yeah. you actually watch it as a kid? Oh, yes, yeah. Oh, my God. I watched a lot of TV. <laughs> yeah, but boys, boys, I'm going to call you a boy because you were then, it was, you know, 40 years ago. Don't admit that they watched Little House on the Prairie. Oh, yeah. I had, I mean, you know, the I had brothers and sisters, and, and you know, we just watched, you know, mm-hmm. everything, you know. It didn't matter what <laughs> it was. I mean, so. Well, I'm glad you did, because look, here we are. Yes, yeah, yeah. So, now. Charlotte, I, 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 people have got to go out. Now, the book is coming out June, uh, June 1st, correct? Correct. It, yes. It's not out yet in any early releases or anything, right? Well, it, it, there's a pre-order, I understand, that's available on Amazon. But it's only going to be another week right. you know, mm-hmm. before it's out. So um, I know that there were some museums back in the Midwest, the Laura Ingalls Wilder Museums, that were able to order uh, the book and got it. And they weren't supposed to, ah. but they did. And then I I got copies because I owe so many people favors that I just had to, you know, get some in advance. And, you know, my family, heck, I've got, my family is huge. And um, so, I, you know, I was able to get a few copies ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it, it's... Did you get your copy? No, I haven't. No, no. No. What did you get? How do you know? I, I, I haven't haven't yet. Uh, I'll have to speak to the people. <laughs> really? You, all my people talk to your people. Right. So, uh, it should have gotten um, either an online um, thing or right. a, what they, they call an unedited version, which is kind of a, a, mm-hmm. a spiral binder kind of mm-hmm. copy of it. Yeah. No pictures or anything. I thought that's what everybody got. Yeah. But uh, it, it sounds fascinating. I mean, it, you, you've you've done so much, and you, and you know, you've had so highs and lows, and and like I say, you didn't hold anything back, and it's just I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't. I, you know, once we got into it, I realized there was no reason. Um, uh, this was my life. You know, I wasn't just going to do a bunch of name drops and and say, you know, you can go on IMDb and for that matter, and see, you know, all the shows I did or who I worked with. But that's not fun, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. I, I'm a real human being. I've I've made mistakes. I've recovered from some of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, some I haven't. But all in all, I'm uh, I'm pretty happy where I am right now. I moved to Napa oh, nine years ago when my late husband was ill because I figured, you know, I I needed to get out of Hollywood at that point and yeah. take care of him. And then he passed away, and I decided to stay in Napa. I love it up here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a small town, and my family is close by, so it, it suits me. And I just got married. Oh, well, congratulations. Thank you. I, got, I just got married to an old, old friend. The best kind, right? <laughs> yeah, at yeah. 75, I'm a, I'm a newlywed. Wow, that's great. Well, congratulations <laughs> on that. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very happy. Yeah. Now, Charlotte, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Taking us away from all of your book and and your acting that you've been in and everything. But uh, when you sit back and relax and you watch TV, what are your favorite shows now 
and of the past. And what are your favorite movies now and of the past? Oh, gosh. Um, I love, uh, well, I love Jeopardy. I love Jeopardy. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> well, I want to see how, if I'm smart or not, you know, <laughs> if I know as many answers as, you know, they do. No, I like, um, I love Bones. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, um, oh, what's that other one? I love mystery stories. Yeah. I really love that. I love 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, I probably sound like an old fart, but, you know, those are <laughs> things that appeal to me. Um, I don't go to a lot of movies. Um, I don't know why. I just, uh, not a lot of them appeal to me. Yeah. Um, although I do want to go see, what is it, The Good Guys that's out now? Oh, yes, yeah. Russell Crowe. That Crow. looks like a really funny movie. That's yeah. good. But, no, we. I stay home. Uh, gosh, we just have a nice, quiet life. Yeah. Here in Napa, I like going out to dinner with friends and having people over, and I like seeing my family. Yeah. I, I don't watch a lot of television. Yeah. Do you have a favorite movie when you were growing up, you know, something you could say is your favorite movie of all time? Oh, of all time. Well, I just recently watched The Wizard of Oz again. That's a classic. Yes. That's a classic. And, and I, I got hooked into it in the very, very beginning when it was in black and white. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, I really love that. That's one of those I movies that you just—I mean, if you see it's on, you got to look at it, and then you get—you <laughs> get drawn right you into it. To. And it was made the year I was born. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about that? Wow. <laughs> hmm. Well, Charlotte, I, I want to thank you so much. It's, it was so great to have you on the show. And oh, everybody, Brian, thank you. Everybody should go out and get your book because it sounds fascinating. And, you know, we didn't get, even get into the flings and relationships and, and, and all those names or anything. Oh, but, gosh, I had a few of them. Yes, I did. Yeah. They're all in the book. There's too. so much in there that uh, people will uh, get a kick out of and seeing, you know, all the things, the good and the bad that you've gone through. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know. The lucky thing is, you're still here with us, and uh, yep. we uh, thank you so much for sharing with us and taking the time. Uh, thank you so much, Brian. I, I enjoyed this. I'm just laying here on the couch with my dog. A big thank you going out to Charlotte Stewart for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. She's uh, just a, a great lady, and it's so nice to have her on the show. And she's done so many different things. And, and like we were saying in the interview, everybody remembers her for Little House and Head and Twin Peaks. But if you look back at all the other things she's done, Bonanza and Gunsmoke and all those other shows, just so many others she's done, and it's not slowing down. If you get a chance, check out her book because... Uh, it's just uh, a fascinating thing of all the people she's met over the time of her acting career and uh, even before her acting, acting career and uh, everything. So uh, be sure to check that out. Uh, Charlotte Stewart's book, and like I said, it's called Little House in the Hollywood Hills, A Bad Girl's Guide to Miss Beetle, Mary X, and Me. Check it out. It's in stores now. Well, that's it, and uh, we've got more episodes coming your way, so I hope you'll be sticking around. If you have a suggestion for a guest, be sure to send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com, and we will uh, see what we can do about getting your guests that you'd like to hear right here on the show. And there's a lot of uh, different ones that uh, people have been sending in, and uh, there's some people, and you know who you are, you know who you are, <laughs> and they've sent like, 
10 people, and which is great because I really enjoy that, and it gives me a chance to look at those uh, people and try to find them. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, uh, a lot of the people that have been uh, sending in names, uh, I just can't get connections or I haven't had a, been able to get connections with them. But uh, we're still trying, so uh, you know, keep sending them in, and uh, I will continue, uh, even though I don't find an initial connection with somebody. Uh, I talk with some of the publicists that I have and see if they know who these people are, where I can connect with them, and all that sort of stuff. And eventually, we will try and get those people on for you. So uh, please don't be discouraged if I haven't had your name, uh, your guest that you've suggested on the show. Uh, we're still working on it, and uh, I'm tr- I'm trying. So uh, don't stop uh, sending them in because they help a lot, and it gives us a chance to try to find uh, different people that, uh, like you said, I wouldn't think about, uh, you know, because, I mean, of all the TV and movies I've watched, I can't say I've seen every single show or remember every single person that's in a movie or a show or something like that. So your help is uh, greatly appreciated. And uh, this really is uh, a podcast that uh, involves all of us, and we can all do something to try to get, uh, you know, uh, different people on here so it's not all the same. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care.